0: As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours now? My heart is breaking, as I remember how it used to be. I remember walking among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God and singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. But why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, saying, my Savior and my God. But now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from a distant mountain. Deep cries out to deep at the roar of your waterfalls, and all of your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, and at night his song is with me, and this is a prayer to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry. Welcome to the color and chaos podcast. My name is Jonah and it is an honor. I say this every week, but it is truly an honor that you are here today that you are listening or watching this and seriously, no matter where this finds you, the fact that you are watching this, I believe that there is power to what we, what we will talk about today. That no matter what you're going through, it, it, it could be the worst of times, it could be the best of times, that no matter what you're going through, I am a firm believer that our circumstances will not have the last word if we allow it. And so color and chaos is birthed out of this idea of saying, look, there is, there is color that can be found in our chaos. But so often we are so focused and wrapped around the chaos that we can't see the bigger picture to our lives and to to the fact that we were created with a purpose and that you today, you have a purpose. You have a reason why you are here and why you are breathing. And that, that purpose is one that that will be revealed and one that will not be ignored. And my 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 goal today is that we can be honest in our chaos But also look at the fact of saying, okay, I do not want for this to define me. And so in saying that, um, I am really excited. Uh, This is going to be episode three of a series that we've been going through. um, And the name of the series is Patchwork. And so Patchwork, if you haven't been following, maybe this is your first time uh, um, tuning into the podcast. Patchwork, um, the idea of this series has been around the idea that every single one of us has a story. And each and each and every story has moments where they can look back on. I, I call anchor moments where they can look back on where there's almost like little patches that that has made them up to who they are today. And so as you are listening to this, there's things that you have been through. There's things that maybe you are going through that is almost defining who you are and is, is, is almost shaping you into who you uh, who you might be. And so in saying that, I started to look at my life and say, okay, what are the patches in my life that made up who Jonah is? So episode one, I looked at my family. I looked at my mom and my dad. And I, looked at, I looked at childhood. And what I went through in childhood um, that led me all the way up to, and that was episode two, uh, which I link back um, a huge moment in my life to the year of 2011. And so episode two was focused around 2011 and specifically four months within 2011. And so for me, um, a anchor moment in my life was March, April, May, and then June, early June of 2011. And if you didn't listen to episode two, I would very much encourage you to go do that Episode two is very pivotal to um, what this series is. And and honestly, episode two is basically the identity behind all of this podcast. It could be linked back to what we talked about in episode two. And so episode three today, I'm going to be looking at the idea of identity, identity. And it's going to be jumped, jumping off of uh, what we talked about in the last episode of uh, what happened in early June, 2011. And so um And with that, I want to begin by asking you a question and inviting you into this process and inviting you into this episode in a personal way. And I want to ask you, what is your identity? What is your identity? And you might be wondering, okay, what does that mean? Identity, identity, who are you? When you think about who you are, what, what do you think about? What's some things that come to your mind? For many, it might be their job, their vocation. For instance, a lot of times you can sense this within people um, when you ask them, um, hey, you know, my name is, or you, you tell them, you know, hey, my name is, and then they say, usually say, hey, my name is as well. And one of the first things that follow out of your mouth um, usually is kind of what you wrap your identity around. So for some people, they say, hey, my name is, for example, Jonah. And for me, I am a student pastor at a nearby local congregation of believers, a, a, a church, a body of Christ. And so I am a student pastor. I also am a, a caretaker within the community. I, I take care of uh, people um, who who have needs. And so that's one thing I do. There's uh, another thing. Uh, for instance, I, I make this podcast. Uh, that's one thing I do. Um, but in saying that, some people would say, okay, my identity is what I do. That's my job. I am a cook. I am a mechanic. I am a, a plumber. I am a, a, a businessman. I'm a politician. Um, so some people might link their identity to that. Other people might link their identity to their marriage. For instance, hey, my name is blank, and I am married to whatever the other name will be. Um, in, the, in the Old Testament, in the Bible, you see a lot of times when they are recording uh, names and genealogies, they will say um, a name, and then they'll say son of, and then the name of their their father. And so that was something that, that was, that was what their identity was. Another thing that could be, that you can maybe wrap your identity around is maybe a talent. Maybe for you, your identity is your talent. Maybe you think of, okay, the reason why I wake up and go to bed every morning, every, I wake up every morning, go to bed every night is because I have this talent. And maybe it's singing, maybe it's cooking, maybe it's um, art, whatever it is. Um, sometimes our identity could be our, um, our gifts, our talents. And so a musician might say, hey, my identity is I am a lead singer of a band or I am a bassist or a drummer. And their world is wrapped around their gift, but in saying that, today we're going to be talking about identity for one. And as you're thinking about, okay, who are you? What, what, what is your identity? Who, when you say, this is me, this is what I would think about. This defines who I am. Maybe it's many things. Maybe it's not just one thing. Um, but as you're thinking about that, I'll share with you um, that June 2011 um, was the defining moment of not only my life, but it was the defining moment of my identity. And again, if you haven't listened to episode two, go ahead and do that before you uh, jump in episode three, just so you get context. Um, but if not, um, in June 2011, I surrendered my life to Christ. And what that means is that there was a moment in my life where I said, I realize that I am broken. I am flawed and that I am messed up, that my heart is broken and that I, 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 I am a rebel. I rebel against what I know I should do. That no matter what my conscience tries to tell me, I I do what I want to do and I do it how I want to do it. In, In a way, I have made myself my own god that I worship myself, I, I put myself up on a pedestal, that my needs are most important and I will manipulate and I would do whatever I have to do in order for me to be happy, for me to feel good. And so being honest with you, that was my identity. My identity was me, That that my identity was my needs, my desires, my identity was my gifts as well, and my identity also was the people around me. But in that period of four months that I talked about last episode, the Lord allowed me to go through this deconstruction process. And all of a sudden, in June 2011, I find myself saying, look, I am done. And that I know right now that I have a creator and that creator has a name. And that name is one that he, he, he has revealed and not only has He revealed it, but I, that He did not create me without a purpose. That a creator doesn't create without a purpose, and, and that was something I th- I thought about when I was on my knees, broken, and just sobbing over my rebellion. I I said, you know what, Lord, you have a name and you have a purpose. Not only do you have a purpose um for for me, but you have a purpose that you want to show me. And as I was there in my moment, I called out to that name of that Creator, and that name is Jesus. And as I was reading the Bible, um, all my life, I've been kind of exposed to the Bible. I've been exposed to um, the the concept of God, but I never sought him with everything within me until that month of May, the, the, the month right before surrendering to him. And so all of a sudden, starting off of that, I wake up and I... I shared with the last episode um, the, the memory of walking through school and seeing the woman pass me by and just realizing that this girl was broken. And um, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I started to uh, to pray for her. And um, that was something that was never there before. I remember going home, and um, what I read at the very beginning of this episode was a, a passage from Psalms 42. And what the psalmist is talking about, he's saying, look, I am broken and I am crying out to you within my need. And in, in, the, in a way, he's saying, Look, I feel my thirst. I feel that as a deer pants for water, my soul thirsts for you. And now the psalmist is honest in his brokenness. He's not sugarcoating anything. He's saying, I am broken, but he is seeking the Lord even though he is broken. And that's where I was. And after the moment I surrendered my life to Christ in, in June of 2011, I was broken. I recognized my brokenness. But what happened that night when I surrendered was something I can never forget. And, and at that moment, I received joy and I received purpose. I, I received identity. And all of a sudden now I find myself at my desk, which is ironic because it's the exact same desk that I have right here um anybody who knows me knows i'm very nostalgic and so I, I i hold on to things that have sentimental value and this desk definitely is one because i remember sitting here the day after I given my life to christ not even really knowing i surrendered my life to christ but just knowing that all of the darkness within me cried out for all the light that he that he is one of the pivotal times in my life actually came a month after so going into the month of july towards the end of june um, I was able to uh, meet other followers of Christ and learn from them to be able to have moments where I would ask them questions and and for them to be able to share with me and, and disciple me. And what discipling means is to bring someone alongside you for the purpose of allowing them to know um, the Lord and also to know who they are in the Lord by by reading the Bible and, and by praying together. And it's almost this idea of. Of um, of passing on what you know to someone else, and uh, so I met many people. Some of the people that came up my uh, come up to my mind um, was uh, was my best friend Taylor. Um, Taylor all through um, uh, from fifth grade when I met him it, to then even to now uh, it was my best friend he also was a follower of Christ and it was crazy because I didn't know this really at the time I, I knew it a little later but during this time Taylor started growing in his walk with Christ as well and he started taking it a lot more seriously than um, than what he was previously so all of a sudden now it's me and Taylor and we both have this relationship with Christ and we are growing with one another and um, we are we're t- uh, almost t- teaching one another and talking about it and and that was something i was so awesome during that time another person that comes to my mind is is one of my good friends as well her name is cassandra and cassandra was somebody when i uh, before i was a follower of christ I remember seeing her at school with her Bible and seeing her with um, with a, uh, a devotional book. And what a devotional book is, 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 a, is a book that every day you can read a little bit of and it has scripture in there um, and passages from the Bible, but it also has kind of a um, um, a thought for the day that goes along with the scripture to help make it apply to your life. And I remember seeing Cassandra um, in high school and she would read her Bible and read her devotions Um, at school and I remember looking at her and being uh, internally, she never knew this on the outside, but internally I was jealous of that because I was saying, look, why does she have this, what seems like a relationship with the Lord, but I don't have that. I know about God. I I say I'm a follower of Him, but I don't feel any different. And so, Cassandra was something, some someone after I gave my life to Christ that I just wanted to learn from. I, I wanted her to teach me what it meant to be a follower of Christ and to, and just catch me up because for 17 years of my life, um, I, I wasn't living for for God at all. I, I, if anything, I didn't care at all. And so also now at age 17, I had this relationship with a creator that I never knew, but now I know and and, and I am obsessed with. And so during this time I had that, but I also met a, a, a woman who was actually a pastor's daughter at a nearby church. And so I, I I was already getting plugged into Taylor's church, my best friend, um, which that became a, a, a community of believers that um, was my main source that I went to on Sundays, and that I started growing um, through sermons and through a service. Um, I, I was growing with with him at that church, but also this this other church. Um, that uh, this 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 girl uh, um, was the pastor's daughter at. I started getting plugged into her church as well, and so this is around June 2011, a month after I just surrendered my life to Christ. Which I mean, goodness, that month it felt like it was like four years. Just I was just growing in the Lord so fast and just seeking Him, and, and I, I just had this obsession with the Creator that previously I never knew. So I get plugged into her church, and and uh, we start developing uh, feelings for one another, and um, and I get invited. Uh, during the month of July uh, to a camp that she was going to. It was a camp um, where we would be serving the community, but also we would be growing in our walks with Jesus. And so this was the very first time I ever went to a camp that was centered around uh, the, the, the Lord. And so uh, she advised me to this camp because somebody dropped out last minute. And so I'm gonna show a uh, I'm gonna show a, a photograph right here if you're watching the video. Um, this was us uh, right before we were leaving to go to this camp, and um, you can see me right there in the middle smiling. Um, uh, what was going through my head during this time? For one, I, I really liked the pastor's daughter, um, so I was like kind of nervous because like, oh shoot, I'm going to this camp with this girl. Um, another thing that was going through my mind also was just excitement. I was so excited to be around other followers of Christ and to be able to have a week where all I did was just seek him and, and hear sermons and to hear um, and to, to hear ways and to serve the community and ways that I can be able to grow in my walk with Jesus. And so that's what I was thinking at this moment. And so um, long story short, we get down there. Um, it was about, I think it was about two three hours away but it was at the uh, at a university called coastal carolina university and i remember it was after the very first day that we were down there we just heard um uh heard um a uh, a message through a drama it was through like a, a a skit and it was something i was thinking about and uh, as we were walking back to the dorm for the night um to go to sleep and get ready for the next day i was walking with a, with a girl that i liked and also everybody else um, that i that that went with me down to this camp and uh, one of the girls also that was there was Cassandra, the woman that I just shared about that, um, that would read her, to, uh, read her Bible at school before I knew the Lord. And uh, she was down there as well. So she was in our group. So I'm looking around. I'm like, you know, these are my new friends, you know, and i um, just really excited. But as we were walking back to the dorms, um, I started to notice some of the girls start to pick on another a girl that was in the, the, the youth group. And, uh, you know, at first I saw them picking on her, but I didn't really know the girl that they were picking on, and I didn't really know um, the group dynamics, so I just kind of, you know, let it, let it go um, as I saw them picking on her. And I didn't really think anything of it because in my mind I thought, well, maybe they're just joking and, you know, they're very close friends or something. But as we started to walk closer and closer to the dormitory, I started to notice that the, the, um, the making fun of started to intensify. To the point that the uh, the woman that was getting bullied um, in, in, in that way, she um, started to show emotions of, look, I don't like this and stop. And so um, long story short, she actually runs ahead to go into the dorms because she's so distraught about what happened. And I looked at the other girls and they were kind of laughing because, you know, in their minds, they didn't really see it as a big deal, I guess. And, uh, but to me inside I'm just like really shocked because I go from this high of like look I am around like all these like people who love Jesus and like I am just like in I'm in heaven right now Like I'm I'm growing in this new relationship with the Lord like I'm, I'm discovering who I am in him um, But at the same time like whoa like something just happened that shouldn't have happened and I'm very confused why it happened and so I run or I go inside and I, I'm looking for this girl because I'm trying to figure out, for one, what happened. And for two, you know, is there anything I could do to help? I'm so sorry what just happened. Is there a way that I can try to help make this right? And so I'm looking for her. I'm looking for her. And I'm within this dormitory at, at Coastal Carolina University. And um, all of a sudden, I see her in this room. And uh, she's in this room. And it was like, kind of like a conference room. Um, so you, they had glass that you can kind of see into the room. I see her over there. She's just curled up, and she is crying. And I see another man that that was with her, which which was the youth pastor, the the pastor of the students that went down on the trip as well. And I I started to get to know him really well um, before we went to camp, and also during the ride down. And so I walk in there, and uh, looking back, I'm very confused of why I just like barged in there but there was something within me that was just like this was not right and 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 it was something that I guess I was discovering um but 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 I'm glad I walked in there because as soon as I walked in there the youth pastor looked at me as the woman was crying and, and he you know he waved me to come towards him and um so me and him are sitting there and his name is Brad um, so Brad, if you're listening to this or watching this, um, you know, for one is an honor that you're watching this. Um, Brad is such a good, uh, good friend. Um, uh, you know, I, I call him dad, but in reality, he's like, he feels like a brother. He feels like, a like my dad and uh, his family. I'm very close to this family even to this day. Um, if anything, way closer and than we ever were before. And so Brad, um, you know, thank you for watching. But and anyway, um at this moment it's me and Brad and we're sitting there and we're trying to um we're trying to hear um this girl's heart that is sharing with her in her brokenness and through her tears. And um for some reason, and this is the very first time I ever did this because, you know, again, I, I'm starting I, I just started, you know to to learn who I was in Christ. But I started speaking words of life over this woman. And this woman was uh, I think she was around my age, uh, maybe a little older. Um, but I just start speaking to her, and and out of nowhere, I just feel the Lord just giving me words of affirmation for this woman, and and so me and Brad are ministering to this woman, um, and and one that I didn't even know, I didn't even know who she was, and um, she starts to uh, she starts to uh, share, you know, how like wow, you know, um, thank you so much for helping, and thank you so much for um, you know coming to me even though I ran away and everything, and. Um, but then I, 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 still in my heart is saying like, there's something that we that can be done to make this right, and um, and I, I don't know if she told me or if I just thought in my heart, um, but but long story short, I, 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 I came to the conclusion I need to tell these girls, look like for one, you just hurt this other this other girl, um, but for two that like you know think about what you just done. And so going out of that room, I remember going directly uh, to—I knew where their, their room were, were, and they were all in one room just kind of socializing, hanging out. And um, I'll never forget it. I went to their door, and I knocked on it, and I was nervous. I was flipping cartwheels within uh, within my heart because, for one, I really liked the uh, pastor's daughter, and for two, you know, I had this—my uh, my good friend Cassandra was in there. Um, you know, a lot of my new friends were in there, and I and, and for I, I didn't want to just come in there and be like, you know, what you did was wrong, you know, and just to jump on them. But my heart was to say, like, look, like, like we can't do this. This has to stop, you know. Um, so I remember knocking on the door and just nervous, like sweating bullets inside and they open up the door is actually the pastor's daughter. And she's like, Oh, Hey Jonah. You're like, she's super excited to see me. And I'm really excited to see her and everybody. And they're like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? You know, come on in. And so I'm like, uh, oh, you know, um, um, I- I'm about to go to my room, but I just wanted to kind of stop by. And so I shared with them, you know, what happened and the fact that like, look, what, what happened really hurt her. And, uh, you know, like, we gotta, we, we can't do this. Like, we have to be very careful and everything. And, um, and somehow that I said it, uh, it must have came across wrong because they were just laughing. And um, I'll never forget it. Like, just that, that moment that I heard them laughing and thinking like, whoa, wait, no, no, there's no way that they're laughing. And um, so they're laughing. And I'm like, no, 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 seriously, guys, like, like, no, like, we, we got, we, we can't do this. And, And all of a sudden, I remember, I forgot who it was. Um, One of them said, Jonah, okay, do you know who this girl is? And I was like, no, no, I don't know who she is. But at this point, I started to get a little more, a little more just kind of heated. And I was saying, look, it doesn't matter who she is. The fact of the matter is, is that like that was wrong. And at this moment, I guess the whole atmosphere changed within the room. And they started looking at me just kind of confused. And they're like, Jonah, get out of here get out of here and I was just so surprised by their reaction and as I was walking out of the room I was just like really um, just I, I didn't know what to think um, you know have you ever had that moment where um, I know you can relate with what I'm talking about that moment where you have this confrontation maybe it's with a spouse or with a friend or with a uh, with a child you have this confrontation and you're all of a sudden out of nowhere it just grows out of nowhere it just grows. And you're looking at it like, oh, wait, how did it just grow into what it became? Like, you went into the situation not thinking it's going to be, like, that serious and all of a sudden it becomes serious. And that was it. Like, and, and, you know, all those emotions that you feel in that moment, you feel this embarrassment, you feel almost shame, you feel um, almost, uh, all, all, also you feel like an anger. You feel this frustration and tension and all these emotions. I remember walking out of there and it didn't, it didn't help because as I was walking out, they started laughing. They started like busting out laughing. Um, I guess that was the way that they dealt with, uh, with what they were processing. But I remember walking out and going to my dorm, which, um, uh, at this camp, uh, because we were at a college campus, we had individual rooms, um, that, that, um, were, were, where are where we were staying for the guys the guys just had individual rooms that made up like a quad so they had like a living room within it but also they had the individual rooms and so the girls had more of a kind of a um uh, like a two uh like a bunk bed rooms but i had more of that quad so i had i had just individual room so i remember going back and no guy was in the room because i guess they were all hanging out with the girls um but i remember going back in my room taking a shower um, and I remember in the shower just sobbing because for one I was very embarrassed about what just happened for two I was just super confused at what just happened because in my mind These are people that I looked up to these were these were followers of Christ like these were people that like, you know I looked up to because I was just like a baby in the faith and I was very confused at what just happened and and Another thing that I was just really confused about as well was saying God like why does this happen? Like they love you. I know they love you. Like they're here to grow in their walks with you. But God, why? Are, why are they hurting someone else? Even if it's un, un unintentional, why is this happening? And so I just felt all this confusion, and I, I remember sobbing in the shower, and and I was done for the night. I just wanted to go to bed. I I, I couldn't. I was processing all this stuff, and. Um, if it sounds like I'm, I'm like a baby right now, the reality was I, I, I am, <laughs> you know, at that moment, like this, all this was new to me and I was almost like this baby just trying to figure it out. And I remember going to bed and I was listening to music and and I'm telling you, it is crazy that just the shift within my heart like I never listened to music that was uh, about Christ. I never I thought they I thought music about Christ was cheesy um before I gave my life to him. And also now I remember laying there in bed and I'm, I'm listening to worship music. I'm listening to music that just talks about the Lord and um and they're being honest through they're broken. It's kind of like this psalm was this what we just read from Psalms uh, 42. And I'm just read I I'm I'm just listening to this music and I remember that it was specifically a moment um, as I was praying and just begging God, God make this make this make sense. I don't understand why why this is the way it is. And God, what do I do in these situations? Did, was it right what I did? You know, did I do something wrong? And I and I was having all these thoughts. I remember a song. It was by the band uh, Hillsong United, and uh, right around that time, they came out with a new album. Uh, a new album. It was called Aftermath, and um, it came out during that time. And track three. I'm such a Geek, but um, I remember the track and I remember the 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 album and everything. But it was, it was track three, and the name of the song was "Like an Avalanche," like an avalanche. And in this song, the uh the, the girl who's singing is just basically crying out to God and uh, saying, "Look, God, you are beautiful." you are beautiful but god when i think about you it's almost like all the grace that you give me all the grace and the forgiveness and and grace is getting what you don't deserve plus more um that uh, it's like you deserve you know one thing but you just get just much more than anything you can deserve and, um, and she's just singing about, look, Jesus, what you did for me, it's almost the equivalent of like me being under an avalanche and, and just being just, just, I am just overwhelmed with what you have done for me. And uh, the forgiveness that you've given me. And so I'm li- I'm sitting here listening to this song and I am just sobbing because I'm just thinking about my brokenness. I'm thinking about the brokenness of other people and I'm thinking about the Lord and his forgiveness and his mercy and his grace. And, and seriously, like a-, a month ago, like a month or two months ago, that was nothing I would ever have thought about. But I'm just sitting there and I'm just like crying out to him like that psalm said at the very beginning. And all of a sudden, there's a moment in the song where she cries out. She says, take my life. Take all that I am. With all that I am, I will serve you. Take my life. Take all that I am. With all that I am, I will love you. And, and, and at that moment, I remember, I remember just crying out, saying the exact same thing within my heart, saying, Lord, I don't care. I don't care what this brokenness is or what has happened, but God, I want to be yours. I want to be fully yours. I want you to use me. Lord, use me to go into the broken. Use me to, to, to speak to those who feel marginalized. And at that moment, I remember just getting on my knees and almost feeling as if, like as 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 audible as audible audible can be to a to a God that um that is invincible. Um, but I'm crying out to him and almost in that moment I felt the Lord as as if he said, Jonah, what you just did tonight, going to the broken, going out and speaking my word over her, what you just did, I want you to do that for the rest of your life. And Jonah, don't ever stop doing what you're doing right now. And at that moment, as I was saying, Lord, take my life, take all that I am with all I am, I will serve you. I felt him call me into ministry. And I remember at that moment feeling a lot of things. And if I'm being honest with you, um, you know, I'm wrapped up in this emotion right now because I I, I remember exactly where I was at, what I was thinking, what I was feeling at that moment. It was a dark room. I remember leaning there by my bed and just leaning over my bed and just the tears were, were coming out. And I remember at that moment immediately saying, no, 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 God, no, this is, this is too much. This is too much. God, I I know what ministers, I know what, what, what pastors and, and what, what, you know, people who follow after you have to go through. And, and, you know, for some reason, I don't know why I was thinking this, be very real with you. I was thinking about so many pastors who uh, cheat on their wives and, uh, you know, go down, really messed up roads and I was thinking at that moment when I felt the Lord call me into that saying God I don't want that God I don't want to be one of those people I don't want to be one of those people that that mess it up and I was thinking God look I barely know you I barely know you and I want to know you and 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 but but God who am I that I would do that like God I'm scared I'm scared of what I'm capable of I'm scared what 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 you want me to do and I I don't know God I, I, I don't know if I could do that and 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 for that night I just felt the Lord just love me despite me saying no and 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 it wasn't a no of rebellion it was a no of honesty and I don't know if you can relate with that. That sometimes, like you know, you 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 just have to be honest with the Lord, and you know He's trying to tell, get your attention, and tell you to do something. But you're saying no. And if anything, I can relate with that. But what I would challenge you to do is, is to, to not push him away in that process, but to lean into him. Allow him to change your heart and change your mind. Allow him to show you more of how all the things that maybe you're afraid of, and that you're scared of, that those really aren't things that that, that need to be um, the focal point of your focus. But instead, that if we focus on him, that we can start to see, okay, Lord, you can speak truth into this situation. Now, right now I'm saying no, but in reality, Lord, you know my heart and you know what what is best for me and not only that but you know what you have made me for and what you have designed me for and god your ways are above my ways and your thoughts are above my thoughts and god you are good and that you call us to things that that grow our uh, grow us in our relationship with you but also that uses us to our fullest potential and in that moment um, when I said no, I remember uh, going to bed and just praising God, because even though I said no, I said, God, you are good, and I know you are good. Just be with me right now. And I remember waking up the next day, and I remember immediately, I, I, if anybody who knows me knows, that I'm, I'm someone who strives after peace if 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 i have a conflict with somebody if i mess something up i i want to be i want to be the person that goes to them first and say look i am sorry i'm sorry let's make this right i'm a big reconciler and but anyway i was just kind of geeking out for a moment but i remember i woke up the next day and immediately i said okay lord i need to go if i did something wrong to um with how i spoke to the to the to those girls i need to make it right so immediately, I, I don't even know if I ate breakfast. I just mi- went straight to their, their room, and I knocked on it, and I waited. And inside me, I'm still doing cartwheels, and I and I knocked on it, and I waited. And all of a sudden comes to the door. is uh, I think it was the pastor's daughter. She comes to the door, and she just kind of like rolls her eyes. She doesn't really even say anything. And immediately I'm like, uh, hey guys, um, I just wanted to come over here and apologize of uh, you know what happened last night. My attention wasn't uh, to maybe get on to you or anything, but I I just was hurting over what happened. And they're just kind of silent. They're not really saying anything. And they're they're mad for some reason. They are mad at me. And it's okay. I'm I'm fine if they're mad. I just want I just want to make things right. And if I did anything, I want to make it right with them. Um, and I remember seeing Cassandra, and uh, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if I asked her if I can talk to her, or, or if she said, "Hey, Jonah, can can we go talk?" Um, because we we're friends at this point. Like we were growing in, in our friendship, and and you know she was showing me and teaching me about the Lord and everything. Um, but she, so I remember us going back, and we went into this room, and we were sitting there. And um, all that I remember is that I was crying. I was crying and I was apologizing to Cassandra, not apologizing about what I I did or what I said, but I was apologizing and saying, Cassandra, like, I don't know what maybe you thought of what I was trying to say, but this was my heart. Can can I please explain where my heart was? And then my heart was not to get onto you. And so I'm sharing with her and I'm I'm just sobbing over this girl's brokenness. And I'm trying to share with her what happened the night before. And I'm trying to tell her, look, like, 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 this just breaks my heart, and Cassandra. Be honest with you. Like, I don't know why I'm feeling these things. Like, Cassandra, do you know like this feeling? Do you know what I'm feeling? Like, you've been a follower of Christ way longer than I have. Like, like, what what is this? And I, I started to share with her. Like, Cassandra, something crazy happened last night. Like, I was I was praying to the Lord, and all of a sudden I feel him call me to do what Brad is doing, the youth pastor. Like, to 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 do what he's doing. And and Cassandra, I'm terrified. i'll never forget i remember her just looking at me just from from across i think she was sitting across from me just looking at me she's saying jonah like it wouldn't surprise me it wouldn't surprise me if the lord's calling you to do that and she's like if anything i know the lord's calling you to do that i can see it i remember at that moment just being like so dumbfounded i remember just weeping from her saying that because i was like what like this is crazy And so long story short, that was in July of 2011, and um, I had a job at a credit union at that time. For some reason, I got offered this job um, at a credit union. So going into senior year of high school, um, I got a job at a nearby credit union, a local credit union. And um, at the job, there was a girl that I worked with, um, and she was married um, to to a pastor, um, that her husband was a pastor. And so, as I'm working at this credit union, that, that this is after Ju- July, so so this would be um, uh, the the months after getting right into the new school year. And so I remember um, going off of what happened in July uh, and feeling the Lord call me to ministry. I was just wrestling with it because I was saying, God, I- I'll do this, but at the same time, I need to know this is of you. So I remember one time we had break, um, a lunch break, and me and the woman uh, whose husband was a pastor had. Um, um, had uh, had break, and so we're eating lunch uh, together in the back room, and I just turned to her, and she knew my my story. She knew that I was a follower of Christ and everything. She knew I just could not shut up about Jesus. Like I was, I was just so on fire, um, on fire. I I I, I guess I could say something a little better. I, I was just really passionate, and that's a passion that has stayed with me. Um, I, I heard this line in a song. I'll share this and get back to the story, but I heard this line in a song. Um, where he says uh, a lot of people say that they, that, they, that they saw the Lord, but the Lord isn't what they've saw because if they really saw the Lord, then they would be obsessed with what they have seen. And, um, and that, that comes from a song uh, from, the, uh, from the rapper KB. That, that was something I was thinking about at that time, saying, look, I am obsessed about you, Lord. And, and I can't shut up about it, but Lord, I'm trying to figure out are, if you're calling me to to be a minister, and I don't know what that looks like, I don't know what the roles are in that and all all that, but Lord, if you're calling me to, to go into the broken and to be a pastor, Lord, make that clear. And I remember sitting across from her, and I don't know what I was eating, I was probably eating some leftovers, I just turned to her. I start asking her, you know, what is it like to be married to a to a uh, to a pastor and what is it like to um, you know, to to be a pastor's wife and, you know, like how did how did your husband know that he was that the Lord was calling him to be a pastor? Like what was that process? And she's just giving me all this awesome practical information. Like she's just telling me about uh her husband's wrestle with when when he felt the Lord was calling him into ministry and um, and her wrestle with that as well and, and just the process of, of surrendering that but also seeing the Lord just produce a beauty out of it and, and um, just the whole journey that their family has been on but she shared this one little nugget with me and this is a nugget that, that the Lord really used but she said, she said this one thing she said, you, you know Jonah, this is what my husband did when he felt the Lord calling him into ministry he, he said, you know what Lord, I'm going to run from the call but I am not going to run from you God, I am going to seek you. I am going to talk to you about this. I am going to, I am going to, I am going to continue to to know you in in the Word and grow in my relationship with you. But God, if you are calling me to be a minister, then this is something I cannot run away from. That no matter how hard I try and, and everything, God, you will make it clear this is what you want me to do. Why? Because because I'm seeking after you, and as I'm seeking after you, you will make your will known in my life. You will make it very clear. You will shut doors that need to be shut. You will open doors that need to be open. And so she's sharing this with me about you know running from the call but not running from God. And it just hits me. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, God, God, I am not going to run for, run away from you. And honestly, I couldn't run away from Him even if I tried. Like I'm obsessed. And um, so I said, okay, I'll run away from the call. And so from that period of summer all the way to the very end of uh, of the year. It was this process of the Lord just showing me, Jonah, look, I have gifted you with gifts and talents, and I want you to use that for my glory. And I started to realize also that every single one of us is called to minister, that every single one of us as followers of Christ, as people who say, Lord, my life is yours. And even if maybe you're listening to this or watching this and you haven't done that yet. But you're, you know, you're just, you know, you're trying to figure everything out and you're trying to say, okay, what is my identity? And maybe your identity isn't wrapped around Christ yet, but your identity is still wrapped around all these temporary things. But no matter where you're at, that every single one of us was made with a purpose and that purpose was to glorify our creator. And that purpose was for us to be used for, for his purpose and to go into this world and, and to, to be his eyes, to be his feet, to be his mouth. And that no matter where you're at, whether you're a plumber or a mechanic or a, or a doctor or uh, a dentist or whatever you are, whatever your vocation is, you are a minister. As followers of Christ, you are a minister. You are called to go into your community, go into your workplace, go into your family, and, and to, to bring him glory by, by, by not only you growing in your relationship with him, but bringing alongside others, loving them, speaking to them, listening to them, being Christ to them. And um, but at this time, I also knew the Lord was specifically calling me to be a minister. So what that meant was to devote my life to the ministry, devote my life to to doing just that. And so, um, so anyway, long story short, I remember during that time, um, just being involved with uh, with that church. Even even though it didn't work out with the pastor's daughter, I still was I was still was uh, plugged into that to that youth group. And I was also plugged into the uh, to youth group that my my best friend Taylor uh, was going to, and which that became kind of my home church, became like my home family, and so uh, and honestly, at this time, stuff is still going on with my family, stuff is still going on with that, so I'm still processing all of that, I'm still you know working through all that, but but at this, my identity was 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 centered around christ and to this day it still is and it's something that would never change i can look back on everything that happened everything that i am all of my talents all of my abilities all the things i've been through all the things um all the opportunities that i've been given to me i look back and it all links back to that moment in june 2011 when i surrendered my life to christ literally all i have is linked back to christ my identity is him i know who i am when i know him when when i grow in him i also grow in knowing who i am because i am made with a purpose i that he created me in his image and as i get to know him i get to know more of who that image is and so in saying that i want to wrap up this episode by saying today was a, was was an episode about identity but also, you know, what, what is your identity? When, when, when I share this story with you, maybe you're not called to be a pastor or, or anything like that, but what you are called, we are all called to surrender our lives to him. Why? Because we have, we are broken on our own, that our identity is flawed at best. But we are broken and when we try to piece together who we are by things and people and what they say about us then we are also piecing together brokenness and we are making brokenness a part of brokenness and and it's not doing anything if anything we are not truly living when we are just living for ourselves and we're we're trying to figure this out on our own but the moment that we surrender it up to him and we say Lord I want to be defined by you I want when you look at me for you to see your son not to see my failures anymore but God I want to know who I was made to be and lord i'm allowing you and kind of like what we just read saying that, that look my soul thirsts for you saying look this is an open invitation for you to use me and to do with me whatever you desire to do and i wanted to close with this as i think back this time in my life um just powerful powerful stuff and I didn't have all the answers to this day. I don't have all the answers, but but it's this journey of seeking him. And as I seek him, he does answer ans- answer questions. And he also does give me a peace when I shouldn't have a peace. And uh, I want to finish with this verse, and this comes from Second Corinthians 4, 16, all the way down to 18. And so this is written by Paul, and this is after Christ came and died for us. And so this is what he says, therefore, and uh, 2 Corinthians four sixteen. therefore, we do not lose heart, though our outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I'm gonna read that, read some parts one more time. Therefore, we do not lose heart. I wanna say this to you. If you have a heavy heart right now, that no matter what you are going through, no matter your circumstances, your situations, your thoughts, your emotions, no matter what you are going through, do not lose heart. And the reason why you can you can say that, heavy heart, rest easy, you can say heavy heart, rest easy, not because of your circumstances, because I'll tell you, your circumstances probably will not change. It might not change. It could change. It might not. My parents get divorced, never changed, even though I surrendered my life to Christ. But I said, even during that moment, I, I didn't focus on that anymore. That wasn't what, what I was worshiping and giving worth and value and prioritizing in my emotions and my heart. Why? Because I had something greater that I was focusing my attention on. And that was a creator who loves me and that will never let me go. No matter my circumstances, no matter the brokenness, but he is constantly renewing me day by day. And that's what it says. It says, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day For all of our troubles are achieving in us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And what Paul is saying, he's saying, look, all these troubles, what it is doing, that we are growing through these troubles and it is producing within us a heart that resembles more of our creator, savior, and sustainer than anything that it was before these troubles. That what troubles do, they purify you. They they can purify you. That there is color that can come out of this chaos. If we don't focus on the chaos, but we focus on the true color of our life which is our Creator Savior and sustainer who has a name who is a living God just like we read in that Psalm when it says you know I cry out my soul thirst for the living God today I want to reassure you no matter what you're going through you have a living God who loves you you have a living God that is seeking after your heart and no matter where you're at may we pray and ask God God give me once again a thirst a thirst. Give me a thirst that that help me, help me feel my thirst for you. Help me know my thirst for you. And in reality, when we have a heavy heart, that can be that moment. Except for looking at it as a heavy heart, we can say, wait a minute, no. In reality, I'm thirsting for you, God. I'm I'm starting to not thirst for the things of this world anymore because I know it can't satisfy. But one minute it, it satisfies because it gives me what I want, but then it drops me. But Lord, you never do. You never do. And so in saying that, as the deer pans for the waters and feels his thirst, may we do that as well. No matter if you're in a dorm room at Coastal Carolina and you say no, but then God says, you know what? I love you despite your no, and I'm going to grow you, and I'm going to be with you every step of the way, and I'm going to be with you as you feel your thirst. And I'm going to walk with you and teach you, and I'm going to hold you. And as I do that, and as you grow with me, I will, I will, I will help you make those decisions that ultimately I know that you 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 want to make, but you are afraid. So I want to pray for you today, no matter where this finds you. That that my prayer is that you know that you are loved and that whatever you are going through does not have to have the final word but we have a creator savior and sustainer that loves you so much that he is more after your heart than your comfort and i am so thankful that he's so much more after our hearts than our comfort let's pray lord god thank you that you are faithful thank you that you meet us no matter where we're at god thank you that you can use the laughter of others and the brokenness of others to produce within us a heart that says no to injustice and that seeks after you and also recognizes our own sin in the process. Jesus, thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that you have overcome this world that is so hurtful. You have overcome this world that produces so much confusion and chaos within our hearts and our souls. Jesus, thank you that you know what it feels like to be laughed at, to be mocked, to be beaten, to be to be abused, to be pushed away, to be marginalized. Lord, you know what that feels like. But Lord, also in you, you are the victorious victor. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the I am. You are the Alpha and the Omega. Through your name is victory. You Through your name is victory over my circumstances, through my pain, through my chaos through my confusion God through you we are healed that you set us free through your name and through the truth of your word God you set us free you set us free, God. When we say no to you, Lord, your word says yes. And you speak to us and you love us and you are a gentleman and that you you, you pursue after us. And God also, you discipline us and you, you, you help us see the importance of obedience and not just to obey you blindly, but to obey you after heart, to want to obey you. Why? Because you are good. And when you call us to do something, you know what is best for us. And Lord, we are so fickled. We are so fickled. What we think is best. When I said no to you, God, I was a fool. Because God, I look at what you where you've placed me now in Michigan and what you what you've done in my life and throughout the years and what I've been sharing in the series, God. I look back and I see, God, you are so good. And I'm so glad, Lord. I am so glad that you captured my heart because I would have missed all of this. I would not, I would not be speaking right now for the person that is listening right now. And God, just like you had a plan and purpose and you still have a plan and purpose for me, one that I do not fully know, if anything, I don't know at all, but God, you have a plan and purpose for me. And just like that, Lord, you have a plan and a purpose for whatever and whoever is listening to this right now. Regardless of what they're going through, regardless of what, what their circumstances might say, regardless of how much of a failure or outcast or a lost cause that they feel, Lord, you speak truth into them. When they say they are nothing, you say they are everything. When they say that they are a failure, you say, no, I am your success and that, that I am yours. God, when we feel broken, Lord, you redeem us and give us joy. Thank you. Thank you, God. Please be with those who feel broken right now. Please speak to us by your word and help us seek after you. Help us know you and have a relationship with you. Help us surrender to you. Help our identity be wrapped around you and you alone. Thank you for everything that you've given us. And Lord, we surrender everything that you've given us to you. Please be with us today. Help us glorify you. Help us all be ministers and go out and and to to allow what you are teaching us and and pouring inside of us to be the love and compassion and empathy that we see this world through today. But we need you, Jesus. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into this. I want to encourage you, if this has blessed you, please share it. Um, Please also rate and review if you're on iTunes. um, If you scroll down, um, you can rate and review this podcast. If you are on YouTube, leave comments, share your story, be a part of this dialogue. And, and, and my hope and prayers that this meets you in a real and relevant way. I'm looking forward to next episode. Next episode, I'm going to share um, what he did from uh, from kind of that moment of of feeling uh, the Lord call me to ministry and and how this website got started, which was uh, in uh, January 2012, um, and kind of going into college and what uh, with the moments I can look back on. Um, that I that I grew in my uh, understanding and relationship with Jesus through that. And hopefully through that, it could be able to meet you where you are at as well. And so God bless you. You have a great day. And again, you matter so, so, so much. And that you are loved more than you will ever know. And that we have a creator that has such a far greater plan and purpose for you than anything this world can offer. God bless you. You have a great day. See ya.